that's why it's better late than never. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and bailers learn how to rock more and suck less in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright. So this one's coming out. You know, we normally are trying or aiming for a Thursday evening drop, but uh, logistics, logistics, they uh, exist. And, uh, I was flying back home from a conference, and uh, yeah, that airplane Wi-Fi just didn't... Uh, yeah, not to mention the uh, the pressure of trying to uh, podcast in public with an audience. Yeah, it's not it's not great. I mean, I actually it would be great. I'd love to do it sometime if we had like a you know CBC fest and could do like a live recording. Uh, yeah, show. you know, That'd be we would have to figure out where where we could do a thing like that where anybody would show up. And then, it's, you know, it's you'd have to fill a room of yeah, some kind. It's not the first time we've talked about it. But, you know, never say never. Actually, I, I had a, a friend of mine reach out and he said, hey, man, I had a dream that uh, you were doing an event in Riverside, California. And uh, huh. everybody was like really stoked that you guys were there. And I was like, huh. And he doesn't even listen huh. to the podcast. He was just a he's just a supportive dude. And I was like, well, I'm sorry I, I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that that sounds like I'd, I'd love to, to see that. Yeah, I hope it was great. So uh, how, how was that week? How, how, how were things? <laughs> it was good. I discovered... So I'm a product manager in my day, my day gig and, and somebody went uh, LinkedIn or something posted, what are your, what are your superpowers as a, as a product manager? And my answer that I gave at the time was storytelling. Yeah. Um, I'm adding out of this week networking okay. to my, to my list of superpowers because this week I connected a bunch of people that I just knew from the industry and from around these kinds of, kinds of conferences who I knew could provide something to another somebody I just met. And I just made a ton of introductions. I was at the introduction ferry all week and, um, and it was great. You know, I left, I left with, um, cred, you know, in the space yeah. and, and, and as a sort of an expert and, um, yeah, I mean, that's how networking is really done. It's by seeing what you can, how you can tap your network to provide value for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of people come to networking stuff to like try and sell. Don't do that. Yeah. We've, we've had that conversation that, you know, yeah. ultimately your objective when, uh, networking is to find where you can provide value as opposed to what yep. you can get from things. hundred percent. Yep. So it was kind of my whole week. Good. Yeah. It was fun. Well, uh, let's see. Last week we, uh, we did a last, it wasn't like last minute, but it was, uh, it was a Halloween event that we were not, uh, wasn't on the books initially. And then it kind of fell into place last minute. A couple of interesting things, uh, happen. The first thing was I was talking to a person named Blake and we, I mean, we went back and forth for a couple of weeks and, you know, kind of got everything all sorted out. And, and so it was all down to the day of the event and we rolled up and, uh, I met Blake who, uh, was a lady. I was not, it did not occur to me at, at all that that could have been a, a lady person so that was mm. a fun surprise uh they were very it was very nice um <laughs> the scenario was the uh she was she was going to do the party at her house but instead th there was some sort of like landscaping issue you know how things are um sure and so they had to settle for a secondary location which happened to be this outrageous cape cod in a very ritzy part of uh atlanta and nice. so like we had an entire carriage house as our green room and, uh, the, everything was immaculate and, uh, everybody was nice. And the only 
I guess there were a couple of complications that popped up. First was, um, and I mentioned this on the last episode, that our bass player wasn't available, so we had to bring our sub, but our sub was our first call sub, so it wasn't too big of a deal. Uh, and because it was a lower paying deal, I was like, all right, well, I'll just kind of, I'll do, I'll run sound myself. You know, we'll take one mm. sub instead of two because it's kind of a small party and, you know, we'll do a streamlined setup and and we'll just make it work. Um, well, the day of the event, uh, I got a message from our lead guitar player. Uh, his wife is pregnant and this was going to be his last gig before he takes about a month off um, for them to, you know, have a baby and do what new parents do and kind of dig their, themselves back out of it. Yep. And uh, he was like, hey, man, uh, wife is not feeling well and we are not sure what's going on. So I'm out. So initially I was going to be a lead singer who was running sound, but then I became the lead singer, lead guitar player who was running sound. So um had to do, we had to think on our feet a little bit, had to, you know, cut some songs, add some songs. Uh, Thriller did not make the cut because I had <laughs> not uh, had the opportunity to play it on guitar before. So I was like, nah, it's just not going to work. But right. um, the event itself went great. Uh, crowd was super fun, kind of chill. They weren't like really interested in like being up front and dancing like they were there to catch up with each other but everybody was super supportive and very nice and accommodating um they tipped us pretty well and then they tipped us cash at the end like it was uh, it, nice we were home before 10 o'clock on a saturday love it you know tipped out good to go like how there's no notes yeah it was no great complaints it's perfect that's perfect. So. It's perfect. And you mentioned the Ritzy section. I was um, this week at the Ritziest possible hotel. I was actually at the Ritz, the Ritz Carlton in Sarasota, which is Ritzy. It works out the Ritz Carlton actually. Get right Ritzy. out of town. Yeah. It's almost like they based the uh, the phrase on the on the yeah. hotel. Yeah. 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 It's like the adjective derived from the thing. And there, there you are. Yeah. There was no live music at my thing. There was a uh, player piano in the corner of the lobby that every time I walked through was playing Claire de Lune every time. Hmm. So maybe that's all it played. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, imagine if um, like that's all it played and the people who work there, that's all they listen to. I, I could listen to Claire de Lune for quite a long time, but probably not all day, every day. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't be great. So, uh, in other news, you know, the, there's been a lot of fun chatter on, uh, on the, the Slack channel around all kinds of things. And then, um, I released a video, uh, this morning, uh, talking about pricing. And I think, uh, that might be the thing we want to kind of dig into a sure. bit more. Cause I mean, we, you know, you can cover a lot in five minutes, but, uh, you know, sometimes it requires a little bit of expansion <laughs> so uh do you have thoughts about pricing and, and if so what are they and why um i think that pricing is important wow and i think yeah and i think that you um get what you ask for but well sorry you either get what you ask for or you don't but you don't get what you don't ask for <laughs> Yeah. You know, some wedding-ish thing. The couple's already married, but they're having a reception. Yep. Um, weekend after Thanksgiving. I pitched that at some money, not what not, you know, what it would be if it wasn't friend and family rate. Mm -hmm. But I added in the contract the timing of the room only let us into the room an hour before downbeat. Mm. And so I said, That's not gonna work. I need another hour. And yeah. she said, Well, I don't know. I mean our arrangement is that. And then I used your 
writer that called for a dressing room, something like that. And yep. she said, well, I don't know if they have it. So I just said, look, you know, the, the one we're going to have to kind of work out if I can only have an hour, but, but dressing room is look, it, it's, it's nice to have. It's very comfortable for us if we can do that. And so just kind of go check it out. And she did work out both of those things. We now get to get in in enough time to feel like we're going to be able to set up and we do have a, a suite set aside for us. So, you know, if you, it, it's the same kind of thing with pricing. If you don't ask for those things and kind of stand for the value of them being provided, then you're not going to, you're not going to get that higher ticket, um, you know, payday that you, that you obviously want. We all want more money. Yes. But it, it that you raise a good point though when you're talking about um, value and what it is that you need. You know, a lot of people don't know what to ask for, and um, that's kind of the intent behind this conversation and even the you know the contract uh, that we we have on the website. When you're looking for the stuff that you need in order to do the best job possible, uh, sometimes you don't know what that is. And it can take a little time to kind of dial that process in, in what are what those things are. So, you know, when we send the uh, send the contract out and they're like, well, I don't know about this locking dressing room scenario. You know, that is how I how I kind of counter. I was like, you know, this is a this is one thing that we need in order to give you the best show possible. Mm-hmm. We need a place where we can get dressed and decompress and, and, you know, prepare ourselves to do the thing that, you know, you hired us to do. So you know, that's why it's in there. And, and, and that's why we ask for what we ask for. And yeah. the main focus of the video was about public dates. And immediately after it came out, the comments were very much like, okay, now private events. What, what, what are we talking about? Like, what does that mm-hmm. look like? So, yeah. um, I'm already kind of forming my thoughts around what that's going to look like. And I don't necessarily think that in an entire video about, private party pricing would be interesting, but maybe like here are the things you need in order to be able to do that kind of work. And then here's how you approach pricing. I think that might be those two things together might be the way to go. Cause I feel like maybe I spent a lot of time explaining the dynamics, the economics of live performance and economics don't necessarily play into um, private events in the same way that they do with, you know, bar and club gigs. Okay, let, I I I trust you because we haven't had the conversation yet. But I reserve <laughs> I reserve the right to come back and, and and think there might be more to unpack about that too. But but sure. let's get into that. Though. So the economics of 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 public event, or public you know bar gigs. Yeah, so, is that so, kind of what, I, I haven't seen the video yet. I landed last night late, so I, totally. Um, I mean, I, it came out ahead. you know first thing this morning. So the main yeah. the main idea first of all is talking about how first of all how bands get paid, um, and you're normally getting paid uh, either a guarantee or a percentage of ticket price or some combination of those two things. Mm-hmm. A guarantee being exactly what it sounds like a guaranteed amount of money that you guys agree to that the band is going to get. Uh, ticket pricing is usually a percentage of total ticket sales once the uh, the venue has covered their operating costs. There's there's going to be kind of like a sliding scale on either side of those two main things. Now, an interesting are you are you including door in the ticket category? Yes, that would be what I would consider. Yeah, okay. um, you know, ticket sales. Sure. Uh, now, another uh, a person dropped a comment in the uh, in the video that I was actually I had not heard of before. But uh, they were saying that there are some venues, uh, they're based in Texas, where the venue doesn't charge a cover, but gives the band a percentage of all bar sales 
for the time that they're on stage. So if your gig is from nine to 1 a.m., you get uh, whatever that percentage is, 20, 30% of the the bar take while you're playing, which is an interesting- The the gross? Yeah, which which is an interesting uh, concept uh, because that's definitely, that's a high margin area and it, it, it does seem to be something where, you know, a lot of times we're talking about risk and we're talking mm-hmm. about who's shouldering the risk right. and, uh, and who's being generous, you know, either with their time or their, their resources. That to me seems like a very generous uh, posture for, the, for a venue to take because it does. It that's, does. A, that's a huge part of their revenue. Yeah. It also, it also covers their risk though, right? So if, if nobody turns up and they sell 10 bucks at the bar and you get 20, you get $2. Yeah. That's interesting. It, it does feel generous. Um, yeah. On, on the sliding scale of generous to stingy, it feels generous. For sure. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the whole point is that like, you know, when you're talking about risk, a guarantee is, uh, the risk is completely on the shoulders of the venue Correct. because in order for them to offset the cost of hiring you, you they have to do well. Yeah. Um, whereas the, with ticket sales or even this this bar sale thing, the risk is all uh, on the side of the band because if they don't make money, nobody makes money. So yeah. it's uh, it's it's an interesting prospect, but I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand or they're they're not cool with is if a if a band approaches a venue and they have no track record or they have no um, reputation or mm-hmm. any sort of quantitative data that they can present to a venue the venue has you know a handful of options they can assume the risk they can reject the risk and not hire you at all or they can uh you know take a shot on you but maybe give you like a, a low stakes guarantee to see if uh to see how you see how you fare in that air in that in their venue yeah yeah and uh it can be frustrating for bands trying to kind of get their foot in the door when then he's like well you don't have any reputation and um we don't feel comfortable booking unknown acts in our area so we're 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 not going to do that and then this thing popped up in my my local area uh there's a particular venue which th- there's some extenuating circumstances around that mostly that they had a larger venue that they had to close uh on account of covid and mm. you know so they're very uh conservative around what they offer as far as dates and you know whether the show happens well apparently they have a contract where if you don't sell a certain amount of pre-sales they cancel the show wow and that's a really tricky subject uh and a a a topic that you know was very highly contested with the uh with the guys in the slack channel uh, because pre-sales in a post-covid market are difficult yeah uh, because you don't know whether people are going to be able to come out because of any number of reasons um but that's a you know, but that's the reality that we're living in. That's the ecosystem that uh, that a lot of bands are are operating in. So you have to be, uh, at least, if nothing else, aware that that's the way things are. Right. Right. And you know, if you want to succeed, you've got to play the game. And that game is not well. We're just going to be the the most impressive band you've ever seen, or the most impressive band you've ever heard, which is the, way worse. The, the area's premier, whatever. Right. The people who I hear resisting a venue trying to cover its risk. You know, we don't, we know, we never heard of you guys. Uh, we'd love to give you a shot, but we have to set it up in some way that, that protects, you know, us against it being a, a, an off night. It's like, come on, man, you know, we're going to crush. Like, great, crush. The organization of that either ticket or 
bar percentage thing is like, if the bar doesn't make money, you don't. But if you crush, there's no limit to the upside. Bring a thousand yeah. people. You could have a far better night doing that than if you had a, 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 a guarantee. So it's all about trade-offs. It's always, always about trade-offs. Yeah. Well, and so I, I think the main thing, the concept that bands, musicians, whatever, need to reconcile is that you are in the entertainment business yeah. and more specifically for getting like down to the granular like components, you are in the audience retention business mm -hmm. and the alcohol sales business. Correct. And you know, the, there's the, the main gripe that you hear in a lot of musician communities is, well, the, the venue didn't do enough to promote our show. Right. You know, ultimately, isn't it, their responsibility for things to go the right way or for things to work in their favor. Mm -hmm. And the answer is obviously yes, but you know, this is a scenario where we're talking about, you know, responsibility and uh, taking ownership for the, we're talking about, I guess, locus of control if we're getting like real. Exactly. You know, we, we need to have agency over the things that are within our control and not rely or um, put too much weight on the things that are outside of our control. So right. if you are a band and you're playing a venue for the first time, you should promote that show like the venue is not going to do anything. Right. right. Because ultimately that could be what happened. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. And if you have an off night and your explanation for that is, well, the venue didn't promote well enough, like, all right, what, what happens, what happens next time you're booked there? If you are right, what, what control does that explanation put you in of the future? And the answer is none. Exactly. Versus like saying, well, you know, gosh, I actually could have tried harder. Maybe let me put something in my calendar to do that next time. Well, and you can, you can be upset. You can sure. be annoyed. Yeah, you can, fine. You can do all those things, uh, and 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 that still is the last time you'll ever play that venue. Yeah, you know what Most I mean. Likely, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless of whose fault you think it is. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it is a, a, a double-edged sword, and it's it's also a tough pill to swallow. And listen, if a pill is made of swords, Don't it is it. going to be tough to swallow. It's going to be tough to swallow, especially if they're double-edged bad yeah yeah any other um cliches you'd like to wrap that up in a blanket and um throw it over the transom yeah all of those things are are true and and unfortunate but we just we have to do what we we have to do yeah. and the fact of the matter is is that if you want to make your band the biggest band in your market you have to you got to come with it and that's not just Oh, our song selection is so intellectual or, mm. you know, this transition that we do, you know, you know, we, we hold on the six. And then when we resolve to the one, we're like, nobody cares. They want to go to a, they want to go to a venue that they like to go to, to see a band that is going to be as entertaining as possible. That makes them want to, you know, drink seven beers and then Uber home. Yep. And if your show is not that, then you've got a problem. So ultimately, that's what you need to prioritize. Yep. So do the things that you need to do to make your show unforgettable, desirable, something that people will leave their homes to go see. Because 
that's the other thing is that entertainment is all around us. We don't even have to go anywhere. I can just literally stare at my phone and be entertained. Yeah. I saw a video on TikTok this morning that made me cry like like big adult man tears. Nice. I also saw a baby try to say the word water and I laughed so hard that I literally like my entire torso cramped up. And I did that without putting pants on. Yeah. So yeah. if you want people to put pants on and go see your band, you need to be more entertaining than that. Yep. And Try by to the be way, more I'm... entertaining than a baby failing to say water. What was it saying instead? Blah, 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 blah. Like literally just like sticking its tongue out. It was, a, it was the funniest thing ever. It's All right, so I'll good. I'll find that. I think we've noticed in this market here, and I hope it's just this market, but the attendance at stuff seems to be a little off the last few months. And I don't know if that's worldwide or nationwide or just here, but it's um, maybe some effect of uh, COVID uncertainty still. I think the great big explosion of coming back out into the world is now over. That wave has crested. And um, I'm just seeing fewer people at at things than, than were a year ago. And um, it's just worth knowing. I think I think the, the competing with pantslessness is uh is a real thing these days what well, is things are getting cold you know the appeal it's getting cold pantslessness is um it grows well yeah look if i'm if i'm in my if i'm in my jammies already like i'm you know now in my house we call those work pants well yeah so when i when i get off work i put on my work pants which are just fuzzy joggers the other day I was wearing some fuzzy plaid joggers and a fuzzy plaid flannel and i realized mm -hmm. i was wearing two plaids i was dj two plaids Ooh. That's not yeah. good. Yeah, it's it's not my new DJ name for DJing all those weddings I do. DJ two plaids. Yeah, it's gonna be my the, costume. The one that I'm guilty of, and I think this is like every dad. I don't know. Well, this is what I consider like a dad move, where you go and you put your what I call papaws, which are just like you know your your fuzzy slippers. Uh huh. So I've got these like moccasin style LL Bean slippers that are like the most comfortable thing ever. I'm sure. And when it's night, when it's cool out, it's the first thing I put on in the morning. But then you take them out in public. Oh. And so like going to the grocery store in your papaws, that's like a, that's a total dad move, like on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, you know, I, I had this issue, um, a couple of weeks ago, a, a friend of mine who has a record deal, who's doing very well for himself on a Saturday was like, Hey, I'm, I'm in Atlanta. Do you want to be on the guest list for my show? And I was like, dude, that sounds like fun. And, and a, a, another guy that I went to high school with was like, in the opening act, I was like, it would be like a total reunion cool. situation. Yeah. I'm 41, bro. Yeah. Do you know how much, you know how many, how many mountains it requires me to move in order to get to a show on a Saturday night? Right. And and then it was like a situation where it was like, I was going to have to go by myself because we couldn't find childcare. And then it was like, am I really going to leave my wife alone on a Saturday night? Like based on all of these things. And then like, there's a work thing that popped. I was like, it ended up not happening, but that's, that's the reality. Yeah. That's what you as entertainment are competing with. Right. So you either need to find a way to be uh, more entertaining to people who aren't old like me and Dan, <laughs> yep. or you've got to be able to provide something so cool, so un unmissable that people will do all the things that it requires in order to come and see you. That's right. I'm, I'm working a lot of marketing around um, that message for our Halloween show tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be, it seems to be, there seems to be some buzz. So, um, that's, I'm basing that on activity on Facebook, which is always dangerous, but there does seem to be some buzz. Good. Yeah. 
And I think I think Halloween a Halloween party is a really good marketing scenario totally. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Now of course it's the Saturday before Halloween. It's the weather's gonna be crisp but not cold. I mean it's gonna be yep. a perfect Halloween Halloween y kind of night, which means that all of the Halloween stuff in the whole town is happening that night. So everyone yep. I know is double and triple partying it. You know, there's like we won't have a whole crowd all night. Uh, we we've given up hope of that. But um even some of my super regulars are like, yeah, I'm going to get there at like 8.45. You start at 6. I don't know. Yeah. The, and that's – that's um, we'll pick up a lot of the early crowd because this bar that we're at is essentially right in a neighborhood. So they try to be really sensitive to noise at night, um, even on Saturdays. So Yeah, I definitely uh, – like as a, as a band that primarily does private events, I, I do – not mind the idea that like we're not necessarily competing mm-hmm. with uh, other social events in town. That's a um, that's a that's a th- th- it's tough because yeah. you do have to be like you got to have it. Gotta be done. If then. you don't, and, then oh, yeah, yeah. And then for me, like I don't really follow sports, but so then I'll show up to a gig and it'll be like, oh man, you know the game's gonna like game. I don't. What do I? Oh, you know, so and so. You know, our team made the playoffs. We didn't know that until last night, but now we do. And so everything's screwed. No one yeah. one's coming out. Ugh. Well, you know, if you are not sure what it takes in order to make your band unmissable, I could tell you where you, where you should start asking questions. Yeah. And that's in the uh, Patreon exclusive Slack channel because it's like literally really all place. day long, that's what we're talking about. Literally. So... If um if you're ready to uh to take that plunge, you should uh you should go ahead and support the uh the podcast. It's something that um has helped us immensely and you know, we've got plans for next year uh where we might be able to leverage uh the goodwill that you guys have been extending us so that we can provide more quality content uh on all the channels that uh you guys could consume. So, we're looking to um potentially do some fun things there and uh every little bit helps and you know we i still consider what we have here a small community yeah which is interesting because i mean there's bands like yours in every city mm-hmm. in the um in the country and across the world in most cases so yeah you yeah. know we still have lots of work to do we have lots of um stuff to share so we're gonna continue to to do that and uh, I do have a couple of um, interview things that we're, we're I'm trying to hammer out, and um, we might kind of record those and put them uh, put them in the hopper so that we can uh, cover our uh, you know revisit. holidays are coming the, up, and you know who knows who yeah, knows where we, we'll be for on a given Thursday. And we've got that we've got the you know the the desire to revisit the original concepts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll have a whole bunch of um, fun things. Uh, waiting for you guys to the end of the year yep. and uh, more stuff to look forward to. So that's all I, got. I like that. We started this conversation around when pricing and it ended up being just um, make your band unmissable. I mean, that's the bottom line. If you want to make more money, make your band unmissable. Well, I mean, that was the main point is that in order for you to price yourself or to get the price that you think you're worth, you have to have the leverage yep. to tell people about it. So uh, if you, if you want to get paid more, Keep track of those bar sales. Keep track of those uh, ticket numbers because that's how you are going to convince other venues that you're worth hiring and that you're worth hiring at a higher price point. Yep. Well, we played at uh, Tim's Rib Shack uh, six weeks ago and we sold 100 tickets and the the bar 
you know, sold out of every tequila they had. Every like, tequila they had? We actually, when we did the, that 37 main gig, like they sold out of all of their bourbon and all of their tequila. Wow. I mean, I didn't get like, f like actual numbers, but I, I, <laughs> at the end of the night the bartender was like we were scrambling towards the end of the night because like we we were running out of options wow i was like well that's kind of cool that's very cool so that's where you want to be yeah do run that bar out run, run them dry boom okay okay let's go uh do the other stuff that we gotta do folks thanks for tuning in um we appreciate you uh hanging in with us and and getting a uh, a late friday drop as opposed to a friday morning drop but uh, we uh, we definitely appreciate each and every one of you. Check out all of our channels to keep up with what we've got going on. Or you can do any of the things that Sammy Hagar's best friend, Adam from the Van Band, is about to tell you. So I'll go ahead and call it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of October 28th, 2022. Bye! And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of The New Strange, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. Who wins? The losses. The behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M BAND. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it for Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida. That was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! <laughs>